0: they get into our air, our food and our water. So we breathe them in, um, we shower uh, in toxins and and heavy metals every day, chemicals. There's 140,000 chemicals in our environment. For a while I would say there was like 100,000 but I was just doing some newer research and there's 140,000 chemicals in
1: our environment that are largely untested. You're listening to the Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Gemily, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You're listening to episode 186 of the Well Woman podcast. And boy, oh boy, are you in for a treat today. I've waited so long to have this conversation on this topic, on this show, and it's happening right now. We are talking about heavy metals, heavy metal detoxing, and heavy metal impact on your menstrual cycle. And today I'm joined by Dr. Wendy Myers. Dr. Wendy Myers is a naturopathic doctor and founder of MyersDetox.com. She is a detox and bioenergetics expert, as well as the number one best-selling author of Limitless Energy, How to Detox Heavy Metals to End Exhaustion and Chronic Fatigue. Wendy's also a host of the top 100 rated podcast, the Mize Detox podcast, and projecting her health with detoxification. So in this episode, we talk about what are heavy metals? Where are heavy metals? Like where do we find them in our lifestyle? How are they actually impacting our body? We also talk about how heavy metals disrupt our hormones, how heavy metals impact your sleep, your energy, and how you can then test for heavy metals. So even if you feel like you're healthy and you live quite a healthy lifestyle, heavy metals are everywhere. In fact, Dr. Maya shares with us that there are uh, over 140,000 heavy metals in the environment today. So despite what your particular health habits are, Heavy metals are around you, so how can we find out what our current state of health is and if heavy metals are impacting our health and our menstrual cycle along with our fertility? We also talk about how to detox heavy metals. Dr. Wendy Myers gives us an amazing guide about little things you can do on a daily basis to detox. I know I'm going to be implementing a few of those and adding to the ones I already do. And then, of course, we talk about ways you can reduce your heavy metal exposure and what you can do to support yourself overall to have balanced health and reduce your heavy metal load. So I trust you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Dr. Wendy Myers, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
1: You are very welcome. I feel very welcome that you're joining us all the way from Mexico. So thank you for being here. Today's topic is something that I personally have been really interested in over the last six to 12 months. And I don't think enough menstruators and vulva owners really understand what heavy metals are. So I'm really excited to get into that topic today with you. But before we jump into it, tell us what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you checking in? How are you feeling today in this moment?
0: Yes. Well, I'm actually in menopause. So I'm 49. I turned 50, August 5th of this year, 2022. And so I am not, I don't have a cycle, but I am happy.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. that. That's fantastic. Um, And how has the menopausal journey been for you?
0: You know, it's been amazing. You know, I think part of, uh, for me, it's been a very, very smooth transition. And I think that's just part because I live a healthy lifestyle. I have a lot of, you know, I moved to Mexico a couple of years ago and I have a lot less stress since I I did that. I feel very relaxed and happy here. And I also have just done, I've been detoxing for, you know, heavy medicine chemicals for about 10 years. So I have removed a lot of the barriers that uh, interfere in hormones and um, just uh, really kind of laid the groundwork to to have a really smooth transition. So I didn't really have, I mean, I had some, a little bit of hot flashes here and there, but it wasn't,
1: wasn't anything major. Wasn't like they describe in the movies. <laughs> no,
0: it wasn't so bad, but I know a lot of women have it very rough. Uh, mm. You know, and, and I think part of that is is stress and, and toxins and, you know, things that interfere on in hormones, which we're going to talk about on the, the show today.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I completely agree. And I I love that you mentioned that working on your your own health and your own detoxing ability and heavy metal levels for the last 10 years contributed to your menopausal experience. And I think, would that be true for any menstrual cycle transition, whether you are coming off hormonal contraception, whether you're trying to conceive, whether you are entering pre or perimenopause, um, entering even menarche, would you agree that doing the same principles applies to all aspects of the menstrual cycle experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, everyone is different in their genetics and the, their diet, And, you know, there's so many factors that uh, play a role in, in hormones and your menses and your, your experience of menopause and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, anyone's going to improve their lot, you know, anyone can improve uh, their hormone function and their balance and, and, and stress levels and whatnot doing the things I want to talk about today on the show, like, you know, essentially detoxing your body of uh, mm-hmm. heavy metals and chemicals. And it's a, a component. I think a lot of people don't think about, um, it, especially if they live a really healthy lifestyle, because for me, uh, I was, had just had a baby uh, at age 37, uh, about 12 years ago, my daughter just had her 12th birthday last week. And uh, I, uh, I lived a really healthy lifestyle, really healthy diet. I lived in Malibu at the time. And I uh, I ate all organic food. I uh, I cooked all my own food. I exercised, uh, you know, six hours a week. I, I lived, a, a, it wasn't working at the time. So it's just, not, I didn't have a ton of stress. And um, and I took a, a gigantic bag full of supplements, a grocery thing of supplements. I was obsessed with my health. My full-time job was my health. And I still felt like crap. And, um, you know, I'm, I tried to, I went to the doctor and said to figure out what's going on with me, and um, she just did all these, all these tests, this functional medical tests, and found out I had a low thyroid function. I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman at thirty-seven, wow. and I just thought, how is that even possible? Because I live, I couldn't have really been doing more for my health, and I just, and I just thought, I, you know, what does it take to feel good? Like, what do I have to do? to be healthy and feel good. And so I knew I kind of had all the boxes checked off with, with my health and that I was doing pretty much uh, m- most things correctly. Um, but I, I decided to go on Dr. Google and figure out, you know, what causes, what was causing low thyroid hormones? Well, I had low, um, you know, stress hormones also. And the doctor wanted to put me on hormone replacement therapy you know, which is makes sense, you know, if I have low hormones, why don't I take, you know, take hormone replacement, you know? Totally. Um, but for me, I just thought that's just not really how I envisioned my life, you know, at 37. And so I decided I went on Dr. Google and I said, hey, you know, what causes low adrenal hormones? But, you know, and that's what I typed in and, and something popped up called a hair tissue mineral analysis or an HTMA to uh, look for heavy metals that interfere in your hormones. And I just thought, and it was the website was talking about mercury and lead and and other heavy metals. And I just thought, wow, I just, you know, that didn't, I'd read about it, but I didn't think it applied to me because I was so healthy because I took such good care of myself. But when I did the test, I found out that I had, I had high uranium levels. I had really high arsenic levels. I had really high mercury levels. I had um, high thallium, I had cesium, and I was like, "What? How? Well, how did I get these? You know, hmm. in my body?" And for me, it just this light bulb went off that this must be what what I'm missing. This is that missing component. Uh, for and, and this didn't happen right away, but just over time, starting to research this stuff, learning about detoxification, all the things I need to do, um, it really for me hit home that this is, this is what I've been missing. For a really long time, and it's why my health wasn't uh where I wanted it to be based on all the effort you know that I was making.
1: Isn't it interesting that when you think you're doing something and then your body's actually saying something else? It's such an awakening moment that you're like, but I think I'm doing all the right things. Like, where am I going wrong? Or like, how did this stuff get in my body? And is this my because one of the questions I was going to ask you is, how did you get into this field of being you know, the person who understands so much about heavy metals and detoxing med- heavy metals and metals from your body as a naturopathic doctor, was that the journey that led you to this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was my journey. And, and, and it just, I think a lot of people that get into health, they have, you know, their own health crises. Like, cause for me, I was uh, what kind of propelled me to go to the doctor was I just, I couldn't lose weight. I felt really brain fog and this was a year after having a child. So it wasn't mommy brain anymore. You know, I kept telling myself it was mommy brain, you know, um, and I, uh, I was very badly brain fogged. I was researching, you know, reading about health all the time and I was having trouble remembering things. I was having trouble having conversations because I couldn't recall words. I was, uh, I was having bouts of anger, um, that I really wasn't like me at all. And it because my liver was so congested and, and overwhelmed. Um, I was having trouble sleeping. I was night waking up for a couple hours every night. Um, and just, just not, I just didn't recognize myself in the mirror, you know? And so Mm. those are the kind of the symptoms that led up to me, uh, wanting to figure out, uh, answers beyond what I was doing. And so, uh, when I discovered detoxification started doing that, I started feeling a lot better, um, not, not right away, but, you know, within about 30 days, of you know, starting on, um. You know, detox program. I started feeling better, and it just continued. And I feel like it's detox is very anti-aging, as well. You know, because it causes a lot of free radical damage, and mm-hmm. um, you know, these metals really interfere in all your different metabolic functions, um, your your uh, your brain function, your digestion, your hormones, your thyroid, um, it's your blood sugar control. You name it, and all these things, if they're not working properly, it's just going to age you. You're going to gain weight. You're going to have a lot of other, so this domino effect in in your health. We're going to have all all these different health issues slowly, but surely based on your genetic weaknesses as well. And um, so really there's a a big payoff to, uh, you know, adding detoxification to all the healthy stuff you're already doing.
1: Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I I think it's a great highlight too, that it's never just one thing that you need to change for your health it's always like a teamwork you know it's, it's a team effort um now let's talk about heavy metals because I think a lot of people are really confused as to what heavy metals are and like well how did I get these things in my body similar to what you thought like how did this happen so what are heavy metals yeah I so think heavy- for, for I, sorry I was just gonna say I think for everyone who wasn't born in the eras of like the 60s the 50s and the 70s And the 80s don't know what, you know, (laughs) heavy metal fillings in their teeth are Um, because, you know, times have changed. But what are they?
0: Yeah, so heavy metals are basically metals that have been drudged up from the earth. Uh, You know, if you look around you, everything has metals in it. If you look around you, um, like your computer, like for me, I have a microphone, I have a speaker and I have my, my car keys and I have just all these different things have metals in them that we're touching. Um, you know, it, with industry, uh, coal burning, we get heavy metals released into the air. Um, so it, it, they get into our air, our food and our water. So we breathe them in, um, we shower, uh, in toxins and, and heavy metals, everyday chemicals. There's 140,000 chemicals in our environment for a while. I would say there was like a hundred thousand, but I was just doing some newer research and there's 140,000
1: Wow. Chemicals
0: in our environment that are largely untested um, until years after they're released uh, and used. And uh, you know, if people are exposed to them. And so uh these are just ever present in our environment and they're in our food. Even if you're eating organic food, that means it's chemical free. That doesn't mean heavy metal free. And so mm, organic point. foods, yeah, can be they can be uh used with fertilizer that's like bio sludge. That's, you know, the, it's from water treatment plants It can have heavy, a lot of cadmium in them, which can cause cancer. Uh, you know, the, the water that's used to water the crops can have lots of metals and chemicals in them and it's just not tested. So organic food can still have a lot of contaminants in them and, but, you, know, you, can, and you can't vilify anyone food group. Like some people say, oh, fish has mercury, don't eat it. But, you know, fish is really a, a healthy protein. It's, and so we don't wanna throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, mm. vegetables have contaminants too. Um, sodas, uh, you know, a lot of the drinking water that people are drinking, they're not properly filtering it or they're showering in contaminated water. Um, or, and as far as like beef, even if it's, you know, organic beef or what have you, you can still have, you know, chemicals that it's, that's in the fat and, and things like that. So, uh, and heavy metals that just bioaccumulate from living on this planet. Um, So the, what's more reasonable is not, you know, worrying about, you know, what foods not to eat, but just to start thinking about doing a detox lifestyle, living a detox lifestyle to get rid of this stuff that's in our bodies, that's being held in our fat tissues, uh, that's causing all these different uh, problems in people's metabolisms and hormones.
1: I'm listening to this thinking, oh my God, Dr. Myers, I need to do a heavy metals detox because you can't, I always say to people that. You know, when you're filling up your your car, the gas station or the petrol station, you can't escape the stuff that's in the air. Like you can't, unless you're in a sperm suit, you, you know, you just can't escape that. And I think daily detoxification is so important, but to have a focus on and awareness of where heavy metals might be present in your lifestyle, not even just in your food is so important so this is this is really good so thank you for, so much for sharing yeah i mean so, i was going
0: to say another thing is, mm-hmm. is cosmetics another mm-hmm. commonplace you know lipstick and mascara can have lead in them um i have friends that have a, they have a natural organic line in australia actually called anika it's like a natural organic makeup line that doesn't have toxins in it um then we can also um get in our deodorant, you can have aluminum in your, your deodorant that you're putting on every day. Oh, did I freeze here? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. uh, there's just so many different sources of heavy metals, you know, in your cookware, um, you know, if you're using like aluminum cookware, if you go to a restaurant, a lot of times they're using really, uh, aluminum cookware and aluminum utensils, aluminum foil to cook your food that gets aluminum in the food. Um, there's just so many sources, uh, but the air is one of the The primary ways that we get toxins.
1: This is so good because my next question is going to be, well, where are they? So if you were to summarize it just in dot point form, so we've got like cosmetics or skincare, like personal care, food, air, water, and that's not just the water you drink, but also the water you bathe in, shower in, swim in. I think a lot of people don't realize like if you're a pool swimmer or if you swim in a toxic ocean. um, So where else could they be?
0: Um, so we get them in, um, you know, I mean, that's pretty, that pretty much summarizes it, uh, the air, food and water and, okay, great. Um, you know, it, it, perfumes is, is a big place that we get like hormone disrupting chemicals. Um, we can just go to hormone disrupting things and let me a little bit more um, niche, you know, uh, we, so perfumes uh, have a lot of, uh, you know, petroleum based Estrogen interfering substances. So they're called xenoestrogens. They act like estrogens on our body. And so, thinking about where perfume is, you know, you're, a lot of women are just dousing themselves in perfume every single day. Um, you also get it in your laundry detergent, in your cleaning supplies, um, in all of your shampoos, all of your cosmetics, your lotions. Um, women put on average like 125 different products. Some women are just putting so many different products on their body with their hair and uh, their lotions, and their makeup, and blah, 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 their, their nails, and things like that. Um, so it's, and it doesn't seem like there's that much of an exposure, like with, you know, just putting cream on your face once every night. Um, but over decades, we get a lot of these hormone disrupting chemicals built up in our bodies. And there's pesticides, pesticides are very estrogenic, um, plastics very estrogenic and uh hormone disrupting. Um there's just there's a lot of different uh sources like I said there's metalloestrogens, there's um mercury, um arsenic um that are very estrogenic that interfere in your hormones as well. Um there's a lot of different places that we, we're, getting, we're getting toxins that interfere in our hormones.
1: Mm. And mm. I can go
0: into the, the metals specifically and like what hormones are interfering in as
1: well. And nat- natural contraception because when I was studying that, they taught about estrogen in, um, and the hormones in receipts, at, like when you go to the shops yeah. and you get there. And I was just like, are you serious? And this, there was a test or a study done that they had tested the checkout people who touch the receipts and hand them to the customers and, you know, what their estrogen levels were at the start of their shift versus at the end of their shift and just how much a simple thing like a receipt could impact one person who's touching, you know, thousands of them a day, you know, constantly yeah. It just yeah, goes to BPA. show, yeah. Um, so my question was like, how are heavy metals actually disrupting the hormones? So we know where they are now. We know what kinds of heavy metals they can be, where we can find them, but how do they impact the endocrine system and the hormones? And then how does that impact the menstrual cycle and fertility and all of those other beautiful things women experience? Yes.
0: Yeah, so well, what heavy metals do is they poison enzymes that will, you know, help to produce hormones and then convert them into other hormones. So they poison hydroxylase enzymes. And so these are important in pr- the production of hormones and creating hormones. And uh, that's what heavy metals do. They just poison different actions the production of proteins and things like that. But with um, hormones, so let, let's say like thyroid ho- hormones, for instance, which are very important in fertility. If you don't have thyroid hormones, you're not going to you're going to have a hard time conceiving. You're going to have, you're not, your child may not be healthy if you don't have adequate levels of thyroid hormones. So mercury is, uh, really instrumental in, uh, kind of interfering in, uh, thyroglobulin, which is needed to produce thyroid hormones. It in mercury interferes in the production of T4, which is the inactive form of thyroid hormone. It, it interferes in the conversion of T4 to T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone, and it can pre- prevents this conversion in the blood um, as well. So it interferes with in the action of thyroid hormones in like several different ways. Um, and there's, um, uh there's different heavy metals like uh, cadmium and mercury and lead and copper that interfere in the production and the action of hormones. So let's say it's for cadmium. Uh, really even low level exposure to cadmium can interfere in hormone production. And so uh, cadmium levers are, they're elevated women with endometriosis and PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, women that have uterine fibroids or that have had multiple miscarriages. So lots mm. of these are different fertility issues. And so this metal, interfe- it, it increases the number of natural killer immune cells. So the natural killer cells need to be really low during pregnancy. To allow for a baby to grow in the mother's body. And so, if they're really high, this can cause recurrent miscarriages. So, anyone out there listening that's had a number of miscarriages or just can't seem to carry a pregnancy, uh, cadmium could be a contributor. And, and the nasty thing about cadmium is that it's uh, one of the places that it's stored is the pituitary gland. And so, that's the master hormone that signals to your thyroid and your adrenals and your ovaries to produce uh, hormones, So it, that's my, that's my pet peacock. <laughs> you, anyone heard that sound? Um, so, uh, so if the cadmium can really interfere and affect the thyroid functioning, and interrupt uh, hormone signaling and that delicate feedback loop uh, to produce hormones or to stop hormone production or what have you. Um, so there's also mercury. So mercury lower, let, let's talk about cadmium. So cadmium is mm-hmm. in cigarette smoke Okay. And it's, it's in marijuana smoke as well. People that are taking medical marijuana, um, that can have cadmium, unless it's and a lot of
1: people think that oh, it's marijuana; it's a plant, so it's generally like that's going to be good for me, better than smoking a cigarette, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, and it's and medical marijuana is amazing; uh, has so many amazing benefits. But every medicine has uh, you know contraindications and downsides. So uh, the tobacco plant and the the marijuana plant are very adept at absorbing. Uh, minerals and toxins from the soil. So a lot of herbs, teas, things like that are very, very adept at absorbing toxins from the soil. So you have to be, you know, like teas can have a lot of aluminum and nickel in them and things like this, but uh, but the uh, tobacco plants and the cat and the marijuana plant absorb a lot of cadmium. In the soil, depending on which soil kind of soil that they're grown in. Um, so it's, if you're doing medical marijuana, best to have like vape, vaping or uh, the, uh, you know, things that where they've been able to take out the heavy metals and where mm. they're certified to be free of cadmium and mercury and lead and arsenic, which, which is what they typically test for. Um, but cadmium is also found in uh, large migratory fish, wherever you have mercury, uh, you also will have cadmium as well. That also it's in it, the cadmium is in coal. So that or petroleum. So when that's burnt and released into the air, it settles in the ocean, just like mercury, and that bioaccumulates in our, our fish as well. So the larger the fish, uh, the the more cadmium and mercury they've they've had time to bioaccumulate. Um, and is it
1: true is it true that the fish that are top feeder fish versus bottom feeder fish, as well? Do you yeah, know anything well, about that?
0: Yeah. Well, so the the top feeder fish are problematic because they, they, they live a really long time and really large. They have more time to bioaccumulate. But yeah, the bottom feeders also can be problematic. The shellfish and bottom feeders um, also, um, you know, can have a lot of metals like, you know, lobsters, shrimps, uh, shellfish, things like that do tend to have metals. I still eat lobster. I don't think anything's going to stop me from eating that. <laughs> but, it is uh, delicious. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, and I, I still have oysters every once in a while. I mean, they're very, very mineral and nutrient dense. Oysters are incredible, but you know, they have a lot of metals in them. So you just, you know, you have you just need to, like I said, you can't vilify anyone in food group, but you know, you, you need to detox. But shellfish do have; uh, they do; they are kind of high in metals. Yeah.
1: And ultimately, it's about balance. Would you agree? And I think if you have good detoxification processes and applications every day that support just daily detoxification long-term you're going to be so much more benefited than only doing it once or twice a year is that would you agree
0: yeah absolutely yeah the detox can't really be done like once or twice a year you know you do need to do something on a daily basis like it's something you're just adding to your health regimen essentially you know and it's it's more important now than than ever, because like I mentioned, there's so there's over a hundred thousand different toxins and there's just more every year being added. And so it's
1: just, it's really important. I have so many questions to ask you. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, I love this topic. So quickly before I ask you the questions around, okay, well, what's the best you can do? Like, how do you find out what your levels are? If you do have heavy metals and how do we detox before we do that? I'd love, you mentioned earlier about sleep and the impact of heavy metals with sleep. And I think the two biggest factors I see impacting women's menstrual cycles is sleep and stress. Yes. And now obviously heavy metals, toxins, you know, mold exposure, uh, you know, poor eating, poor lifestyle, all of those things can contribute as well. But how do heavy metals impact your sleep and how do heavy metals impact your energy?
0: Yes. Yeah. So heavy metals can impact sleep. in I mean, a number of ways. I mean, there, there can be like 14 different things that interfere in your sleep, but you actually need to have, uh, you know, your hormones balanced to have, uh, you know, good sleep. Again, women have low estrogen levels, like natural estrogen levels, not xenoestrogens, but natural estrogen levels so they are going to have trouble sleeping. That's what happens in menopause. Your estrogen levels get really, really low. And then you can't regulate your body temperature as well. You wake up really, really hot you start, you have hot flashes and things like that, um, heavy metals impact your ability to regulate blood sugar, heavy toxins and heavy metals are the number one cause of diabetes. It's not, uh, carbs, uh, carbohydrate consumption that contributes, but you know, uh, arsenic and other heavy metals will poison your beta islet cells that regulate your blood sugar or produce your blood sugar and or insulin And so, uh, if you can't regulate your blood sugar, people will tend to wake up during the night from low blood sugar, and and things like that. Uh, There, there are just so many different things. There are so many different ways that heavy metals can interfere in your in your sleep. Um, That's just uh, to name a couple of them. Um, They can interfere in neurotransmitter production. Um, They can. what what was the question again,
1: (laughs) how heavy metals can interfere or disrupt your sleep or your energy or the production of energy. energy And the the
0: second, yeah, the second part was the energy. So it's that heavy metals also impact um, energy production by poisoning your mitochondria. Mm. So uh, there's heavy metals like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, and cesium that poison enzymes that transport nutrients into your mitochondria which are your little cells powerhouses that produce your energy or your ATP. And I actually wrote a book on this called Limitless Energy. And so I did a lot of research because you know energy uh, is the name of the game in your health. If you don't have energy, you, you can't think, you can't digest your food, you can't regenerate. Because sleep is a very regenerative process. You need a lot of energy to sleep. You need a lot mm-hmm. of energy to regenerate your body. So if you can't produce enough energy, you're gonna have trouble uh, healing from chronic illness or recovering from chronic illness because you need a lot of energy to, to heal. And so, uh, so these different heavy metals, uh, if they will interfere, in, and so you can take all the nutrients, mitochondria nutrients and uh, B vitamins and all the things that are needed to produce energy or the ATP currency of our cells. Um, but if you, um, uh, so you need to focus on detoxification, to help remove some of these mitochondrial poisons that are, are preventing you from preventing the amount of energy that your body is capable of. I mean, we also, uh, we, we don't only just produce energy like biochemically, um, but we, we also produce energy by being in the sun. We're, we're light beings. We need to, you know we have bio photons in our mitochondria. So we need to be in the sun on a daily basis to kind of charge up our bio batteries as well. Uh, we also get energy in our, we have an energy field as well. So we also absorb energy um, in the environment around us. And we can lose a lot of energy uh, from uh, EMFs, electromagnetic fields, from Wi-Fi and cell phones that interfere in our body's natural uh, kind of energy fields, like from our brain waves and our heart waves and things like that. So there's, there's three different ways our bodies produce energy, but heavy metals interfere in that biochemical uh, way that we produce energy in our mitochondria.
1: I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five day Love Your Cycle mini course. This is a self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in less than a week. If you are a woman looking to rediscover your cycle, reconnect with your feminine in a new way, understand your cycle science and what they mean, this is the mini course for you. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and the Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover the things that you wish you had been taught about your cycle at school. How to eat how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and psychoscience before they arise. It's your turn to join thousands of women from all over the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too for less than a fancy vegan burger in under a week. To learn more, head to Wellsome.com forward slash shop. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop. And use the code CycleLove to save 20% off. So good. And for no one, there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this, Dr. Myers, who are like, what is a mitochondria? You have like 100 trillion cells in your body and every cell has a mitochondria. (laughs) So like it's everywhere. Um, Now, do you have a number or know roughly how many heavy metals actually are there?
0: Um, and there's a few dozen, Okay. There's, so there's it's just a few dozen, but you know, okay. they're, you know, they're back at, you know, in the caveman times, you know, they were safely sequestered in the earth. And so we do have, you know, detox mechanisms to process out these toxins and whatnot. Um, but to, today, you know, you know, over millions of years, we just haven't adapted to the, the number that are in our environment that have been trudged up from industry all these different mi- mining you know uh, mining operations around the planet they're just you know digging all this stuff up to use it in various products and it gets released into our environment our, our bodies just aren't capable of, of dealing with them at the level that uh, we're exposed to them today mm. so some people have an amazing ability to detox you know there's everything has a bell curve. Where some people over here, like maybe your grandfather drank and smoked and we'll do over a hundred, you know, that guy can detox really well. He has an Olympic liver and you know, he could just, he genetically is very gifted. Um, but for for most people, they just, they, are just kind of okay at detoxification. And down here, uh, the a lot of there's people that are very, very ill. Uh, that can't function or have chronic fatigue or have uh, various illnesses that prevent them from being able to function in society. Those people typically have compromised detox pathways and they just accumulate, 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 and they can't get rid of these toxins. And it, it, it you know, uh, breaks down their metabolic functions in various ways to where they, they, they're not able to function. And so typically mm. the sicker someone is, the more toxic uh, they tend to be. And they have de- compromised detox pathways. And the doctors aren't really looking at this at all
1: and they're not really explaining or describing or interested in those types of factors but
0: yeah they are not not all
1: not all doctors are the same and they only know what they know yeah, um, they know
0: about emergency exposure like acute exposures and they'll give you some charcoal and things like that but they're not thinking about the chronic exposures that people are getting and they don't really know about testing for them or it's not it's just not on their radar uh typically in you know For for heavy metals, there's not really like a a drug that's given for that, (laughs) and it's it's a lengthy process, so it's just not in the realm of a a, a conventional medical doctor to. It's not on the forefront of their mind. Yeah, it's just Um, not it's not their business,
1: and that's and that's not wrong either. Because I feel like a lot of people blame the doctors. It's not wrong. It's just there's many other people like naturopathic doctors who can support you with this kind of stuff, and I love you mentioning about, you know, the fact that heavy metals can be everywhere. And as you said earlier, there's over like 140,000 heavy metals in our environment. So how can we actually test for heavy metal levels? Like, what would you recommend for everyone who's listening to this? Even me, I'm like, you know what? That's a pretty, like I went and actually got all of my, I get my bloods done every six months and I went and got them done yesterday. So it's great timing. And um, I always find it's great to just learn what's going on in your body, where your levels are at and how your body's checking in, the things you can't see. So how could you test for heavy metals? What would you recommend for that, Dr. Myers?
0: Yeah, so the number one thing I start with is a hair tissue mineral analysis. It's called a HTMA. And this is a really uh, inexpensive, easy test that you can do at home to look at your heavy metals. But, you know, not every, there's no one perfect test for heavy metals. So uh, there, there's also urine tests you can do. There's a stool testing that you can do. There's blood testing that you can do. Um, but there's no one perfect test because metals come out in the hair, the urine, and the stool. They also come out of your skin. Um, So there's no one test that's going to test for all the heavy metals. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. Um, and, And another problem with testing as well is even if you do a test, your body may be so fatigued that you just can't excrete metals or you genetically aren't able to excrete heavy metals very well. So uh, many times when people, sometimes people do heavy metal tests and there's nothing on the test, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's not a problem. I'm good." Um, but when they start a detox program and they give their body the nutrients they need to detox, and they start, you know, opening up their detox pathways, like, you know, uh, they're pooping better or their uh, their liver, they give their liver some assistance, we'll see a lot of metals start coming out on future heavy metals tests. So there's some. There's some caveats there when it comes to heavy metals testing. And also if you go to your doctor and ask for a test, they'll usually do a blood test. Um, but in the, the tests usually do only tests for mercury, lead, arsenic, and cadmium. Well, there's a lot of other metals besides yeah. that. And the body doesn't let them just float around in the blood. Uh, the body sequesters them away in fat tissue and other parts of the body. So uh, usually the blood tests will come up false negative. Um, so you, you just have to be careful when it comes to heavy metals testing, but I start with a, a hair tissue mineral analysis. It's very easy to do. It gives us, uh, uh, the mineral levels as well as the heavy metals. And when properly interpreted, we can see a lot of different, uh, toxins that people have.
1: Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Um, I want to ask you where could someone get a, ha- a HTMA hair, te- hair, um, mineral, like hair test mineral analysis, but you mentioned about how the body can store the heavy metals in fat tissue and other parts of the body. Does the body, the way that I see that is the body's protecting you thinking, well, these things are harmful to the body. So if I store it in a fat tissue, that's actually going to be more protective. And then people blame their body and why they're gaining weight. When really weight gain, I see is something is your body's just protecting you from the stuff that's inside that you don't know that's there. Is that, you know, the correct way to look at it, would you yes. disagree? Or is there something else that I don't know?
0: No, the body is innately intelligent, like it mm. is protecting your, your body, uh, for, in your vital organs from these toxins. And so, and the bones are also a place for the body that the bones are kind of like our trash cans and the hair is also, <laughs> so the yeah. body will excrete heavy metals in the hair, And so that we're just, these are just big garbage cans that the body excretes stuff into. And, um, so the bones could be a big repository, especially lead and lead can make the bones look denser than they really are, um, on bone density scans, just, um, but, uh, but yeah, so the body will store toxins in fat. There's a lot of fat soluble chemicals as well. And the body will just, you know, just store them in fat cells are real convenient little storage sites. So yeah, if you have a little muffin top and you just, no matter what you do, you just can't get rid of it. And, and this was me too. It's like, what is going yeah. on? Like, if I, when I was lo- trying to lose my baby weight, I was working out like six to eight hours a week, and I was eating. I was just kind of going to bed hungry every night, and I was eating perfect. And I just thought, if I did this when I was twenty five, I would be an Olympic athlete, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, what do I have to do to lose weight? And the, and I I made that connection over time in my research. Um, but it's really the, the, the body is storing toxins. It's just not going to let that fat go. It has to have it. It's not going to let it go. I'm sure you could starve yourself and you'll, your body will start releasing it. But I I've had, I had a friend of mine, she lost hundred pounds and she developed a cyst at the base of her spine and it was fairly large and she had to have it surgically removed. And the, the body will form cysts as well to store toxins. Like if you're losing weight too fast. Um, you can start having symptoms of, of heavy metal toxicity and not feeling very well if you're losing weight too rapidly. So that's just another thing to think about. Um, but yeah, the little muffin top is just the body, just uh, you know, it, it's using that as a storage receptacle.
1: Thank you for sharing. I love it. And the little muffin top. Um, the muffin man. So <laughs> the what dreaded a- muffin top. <laughs> but I'm sure um I don't know whether this is something that's you know spoken about in North America, but here in Australia, it's called skinny fat, where you can be really lean and have a terrible, you know, lifestyle towards health, as in like poor diet, don't move, very sedentary. Um, there's lots of other things that go into it, and we kind of call that skinny fat, where you you've got the, like I don't have to really explain it, but I just the question I want to ask is even if you don't have excess fat or fat that you're unhappy unha- with on your body, you can be skinny and still have heavy metal toxins. Is that correct?
0: Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, mean, there's <laughs> lots of places. There's lots of, even if you're a thin person, you can still be, you know, 18% body fat. So there's still, mm. you know, my thinnest, I was 18% body fat. So there's still a lot of places to store fat.
1: Before. Yeah. You can't escape it. So let's talk about now what I'm really dying to know is how do we like detox. How can we um, access, you know, detoxification pathways, ways, habits, methods. I know this is your jam, the Mize Detox. So how do people do that? Like what's the best place to start to detoxing heavy metals?
0: Yes. So the the first place you want to start is taking minerals. So it's a very, very simple thing to do. Um, And a lot of people take a lot of supplements and but they focus on things. Maybe they've had some marketing and they've been told that, you know, all this resveratrol, this antioxidant or turmeric is amazing and they're great. But really, the focus you want to have is in minerals. So magnesium um, being the number one thing. I love my my gardeners like mowing. like never It's fine a lot. for those he who can't mo- see.
1: You <laughs> <He> never got <laughs> a lot. I don't
0: know if you can hear it, but. Yeah, it's, no, I can't. He's, he's, he's incredible. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So it seems to only happen when I'm podcasting. Is he's <laughs> annoying?
1: He's like, oh, she's at it again. Let me get in the garden. I'll just. I want to be yeah. in that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so um, minerals, really key. Uh, magnesium. Most people are magnesium deficient. You know, just from not getting it in their diet, or they're stressed, or or whatnot. And um, so Poor lifestyle really, choices
1: with caffeine too. I feel that. You know, energy drinks, caffeine consumption. You know, espresso martinis. People are drinking so much soft drink with caffeine, like that does not help your mineral intake at all.
0: No, they're not, because it makes you get your like your stress hormones ramped up, and you urinate a lot more, and you excrete minerals for sure. And um, uh, so, uh, magnesium glycinate is really important to take. Magnesium malate is also really really nice as well. Um, Zinc it detoxes mercury. Uh, Selenium super important for detoxification. That helps to make glutathione, which is the body's master antioxidant your liver needs to detox. Um, uh, you can take uh, trace minerals, really important uh, as well. There's lots of great products out there for trace minerals. Um, and then people, a lot of people need calcium as well. They need the right form of calcium, like calcium lactate uh, is really, really nice. Uh, calcium has been kind of vilified for some reason, but a lot of the research on uh, calcium is using really poor form of calcium, like calcium carbonate and things Mm. like that. But calcium was, is very important uh, especially for women that are heading into menopause or in menopause. Um, So um, also, so minerals, uh, B vitamins are really important. Um, Taking care of your liver is really important. So taking herbs and nutrients to support your liver uh, you know, broccoli sprouts are, are some of the number one detox foods, uh, for your liver. Um, uh, you can the top five detox foods are, uh, or onions, garlic, uh, egg yolks, uh, oddly enough, they have a lot of choline and nutrients for detoxification. And then the, the broccoli sprouts I talked about and ginger. So I drink ginger juice every day. I drink like fresh juices. They have lots of minerals and nutrients and I juice ginger as well. And um, I grow broccoli sprouts. I put those in my tacos and you know, my salads and make little salads out of them, and juice them as well. Um, so those are super important. So diet's important as well. And, you know, and I'm not a fan um, really of, I mean, I think people that uh, diet is very important because we need, I personally think we need animal protein for detoxification. Um, you know, it, some people do okay on a vegetarian diet. That genetically, they can they can withstand some of the, the nutrient deficiencies in the diet. But the vegan diet, definitely not. Uh, I think a lot of people have pretty pretty serious health issues uh, on a vegan diet, including a compromised ability to detox because uh, your liver needs uh, certain nutrients and amino acids in uh, animal protein. So there's no taurine or in a vegetarian or vegan diet. So you need that, that sulfur containing amino acid for your liver to function properly. Uh, you can, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you can supplement taurine, but it's just at the same as getting it from food. Um, so I think a lot of people think, you know, eliminating animal protein is like they're doing a detox. Um, but it's really, it's really, you, you do need some of those nutrients and, and animal proteins, but it's okay to have vegan moments. That's totally, that's totally fine. <laughs> um, but so that's just my personal opinion, but I've, I've been vegan and vegetarian and I've researched this extensively. And, um, I think there's a lot of misinformation, um, in people that promote those diets, but anyway, so, um, other things that you can do are infrared saunas, um, you can also do, uh, coffee enemas are also amazing. They're an amazing mechanical detox for your liver. And then you can also do ionic foot baths, uh, ionic foot baths, probably one of the most detox, uh, most effective detox protocols that you can do. And, you know, you just, wow. kind of, you know, you're getting frequencies and like, I like the, the AMD by ion, uh, AMD ion cleanse a uh, foot bath. That's a medical grade foot bath. And so that delivers certain frequencies to your body uh, with your feet are in the water. You're getting frequencies delivered to you that facilitate the excretion of toxins. It even gets sort of radiation as well. Um, but people need on hour on average, about 400 hours of foot baths. So, uh, I used to do a couple hours a day of them and you just get a lot of stuff, you know, and you some stuff in the water, Um, but it's, but you really excrete facilitate the excretion of toxins two to three days after doing the foot bath. Um, so those are really my, my number one thing because they're easy to do. Kids can do them. The elderly can do them. Not every, infrared saunas are great, um, but not everyone can tolerate the heat or, uh, likes to do an infrared sauna or they don't have the room for them. They're very expensive. So the, the foot Mm -hmm. baths are really, I think the the most effective and easiest thing that, that you can do.
1: I love that. And I think sometimes people don't have access to an infrared sauna either. Um, whereas a foot bath, you can just do at home mm-hmm. and you can do reading a book or you can do while you're sitting at the desk or, you know, while you're helping your kids with their homework, whatever. So that's um that's a fantastic thing. And I love the top five that you mentioned about broccoli sprouts, onion, garlic, egg yolk, and ginger. So thank you. Oh my God, I love these. I'm like, yes, I'm doing that. And he's, oh, I could improve this a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, Now, what are some... I'm going to ask you about like what are the best things you would recommend to do daily, but I feel like you've kind of covered it, but what are the top say five things you would recommend avoiding? And I've written down in my notes here, canned food question mark, because I feel that, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that even though you think you're eating healthy, there are little things that you can do to switch, to switch it up. So what are the top things you'd recommend to avoid to help r- naturally reduce, you know, heavy metals?
0: Yeah. So number one, I think I would focus on drinking spring water or properly filtered water. And so that can be a huge, huge source. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people are drinking tap water and you just, you just are not doing your body any favors drinking tap water or they're drinking, uh, you know, they have like a little pitcher filter or a Capure or a Brita filter on their tap. And you're just, you're not getting any heavy metals uh, with that kind of filtration method. Um, so drinking properly filtered water is the number one thing. So don't drink tap water. Um, you also, um, you, you want to use natural makeups. So you want to try to avoid the conventional makeups and beauty products that uh, you're using. You're slathering on your skin every mm. single day. You've got to really be, be thinking about, you know, the, the ingredients, learning about the ingredients and beauty products, or you can go on like ewg.com slash skin deep. And that's a database where you can look up the products that you're using or planning to buy to see what their rating is. They have a, a rating scale.
1: And that was ewg.com.
0: Yeah, ewg, it's environmental working group and so yeah, yeah I think skin it's, deep. it's either dot com or .org. i think it's .com, okay i'll uh, work slash, i'll
1: work it out and i'll pop it in the show notes for everyone yeah, I'm sure yeah people i, like, oh, I want to know that
0: yeah i think it's com slash skin deep um but yeah that's a great resource to choose uh natural products and seeing if you know the ones you're using are bad but usually pretty much anyone you're getting at the drugstore at the the department store is going to be a problem um because of the you know, if they're real sparkly makeup, that's usually is nickel in that the or aluminum that's making it really sparkly and shiny. Um, there's uh, any kind of red coloring is going to be cadmium in it. Any kind of blue color is going to have cobalt in it. Um, you know, there's just uh, minerals and metals produce the the colors uh, that are there in the makeups and things like that. Um, even like bare minerals makeup has bismuth in it. I I. I Instantly know when a client I look at their hair test, their hair mineral analysis. I instantly know when they're using bare minerals makeup.
1: <laughs> wow, because it's
0: they have crazy bismuth levels, and wow. bismuth is you know not, and you know, there's bigger fish to fry, but you know, when pe- bismuth can cause people some problems, and so, um, so it's it's weird. I just people thought were like very surprised when I knew they're using bare minerals, and you think, oh, that sounds natural, right? But that that. Line in particular I can have some problems, but it's not marketing the only
1: can do so much, can't it? <laughs> yes, yes. And there's,
0: yeah, there's, really there, there's some mineral makeup lines out there that are, that are really nice. You know, the I like mineral fusion. I don't know if that's available in Australia, but there's lots of great lines out there. There's lots of companies that really care about their customers uh, and they, they are passionate about uh, using natural products. I love Beauty Counter, Beauty Counter is amazing. Um, uh, they have a good and, but they have products that really perform also. There's a lot of natural lines out there that are, are like just, yeah, they, they just don't, uh, look that great or they don't, there's just a consistency or whatever, but beauty counter has amazing products. And, um, and so the, the other areas of things that you don't want to do, you don't want to use fluoride toothpaste. Don't use fluoride toothpaste, um, because Fluoride uh, is one of those nutrients or uh, ingredients that blocks thyroid function. So it will get into your thyroid and replace iodine and you need iodine to make thyroid hormones. So most people are iodine deficient, but then when you're ingesting chlorine and bromine and fluoride, these also your thyroid will ingest those and thinking that they're iodine. And then it, it interferes in your thyroid functioning, which affects your metabolism. Uh, your thyroid sets your metabolism to a large degree. So do not, fluoride is, is not doing your body any favors at all. It's very, such an very easy,
1: easy swap to just not use a fluoride toothpaste. Like I haven't yeah. used a fluoride toothpaste for like 13, 14 years. And it's just yeah. such an easy thing not to do.
0: Yeah, it's so easy. There's so many great natural toothpastes out there. Um, I really like the Dr. McCullough one. That one's really nice. I use a Manuka honey toothpaste also that I like. Um, and so, uh, and other things that you don't want to do, there's just a lot. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a really big subject. I mean, I have, uh, you can go on myersdetox.com. There's lots of information on there. We have hundreds of articles. We have uh the Myers Detox podcast. I have hundreds of podcasts where I think at 430. Wow. Podcast number 430, all about toxins. <laughs> um, so lot, lots more information
1: there. Fantastic. Because. Well I'll pop all of those links in the show notes so that everyone can learn about the detox protocols and really understand and connect with you about what heavy metals are and how they can, you know, improve their overall health and cyclical health with reducing heavy metals where they can. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. I have a final podcast episode for you, but before I go there, where can people find you online? I know you mentioned myersdetox.com. You mentioned the podcast, yes. um, but what's the best channel for them to connect with you and, and meet you?
0: Yeah. So you can find me on myersdetox.com for sure. And, um, I'm on like all over the place. The podcast is everywhere. Amazon, Spotify, Apple podcasts. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook on, uh, Myers detox, uh, YouTube it's uh, youtube.com slash Wendy Myers. Uh, so you, that's where you can find me.
1: Awesome. Well, I'll pop all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here. Final podcast question, Dr. Myers. And I love asking this question. We're switching gears up a lot compared to what we've been discussing today, but I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self. This is a podcast question. And what are three things you wish you had have known when you went through menarche and got your period for the first time that you now know today?
0: I wish I hadn't taken the birth control pill for so long. Um, I feel like that caused me a lot of issues when I was younger. I had uh, chronic yeast infections um, so very frequently, and I, I think I had a lot of depression um, in my younger years, like in my twenties. I felt like I spent a lot of my twenties depressed, and I, I didn't realize that it was uh, the birth control pill was contributing to that. And I, cause I think the birth control pill also uh, uses up a lot of your B vitamins and zinc and, and things like that, that you need to produce energy and to feel good. Um, so, and I think it just, it just caused me a lot of issues in that regard. And I think it also destroys your, your, uh, your libido as well. I, I never really had libido and it was just because of taking the birth control pill. And as soon as I got off it, when I was, you know, in my mid thirties, um, I was like, Oh, this is what a libido is. And so I think it really, uh, it really robbed me of a lot of, um, just, of, of a, a lot of different things. Um, mm. and so, and that's not going to be everyone's experience. Um, but for me that that's, I think a big mistake that I made, I would have chosen like a different, there's no perfect birth control method, you know, um, but for me, I also um I probably would have eaten more chocolate.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, because that.
0: yeah, because you know, there's a reason that women crave chocolate when they're on their period, is because it's really high in magnesium. It's really good
1: quality high. chocolate, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's high in magnesium, which uh helps to ease cramps and ease tension down there. And it also um has really high in copper. Which helps to raise estrogen levels. So when you, eat, you have high copper, you have, uh, you know, your, your estrogen levels will increase, and that's one of the reasons why you you crave chocolate. The body is innately intelligent in doing that. So, so I just like yeah, eating more chocolate. <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And did you have a final third tip for three things you wish you had known?
0: Gosh, when I was menstruating, um, God, I just nothing's coming to mind right now. <laughs>
1: No, that's all right. And I think too, you know, you mentioned you've got a daughter who's 12 now. Yes. Um, it's so fantastic that you can share all of this beautiful wisdom with her and guide her through her own menarche first menstrual years experience. And I think that's so powerful. So I'm really looking forward to you supporting her and changing her own menarche experience and also her own early menstrual years experience as well for future menstruators.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Mm. No, also, I also, you my, know, one thing oh, yeah. also,
0: i understand yeah. something. I would have not used toxic tampons. I used a ooh, I use a lot of toxic tampons. But say now they have, or you know, organic cotton pads. And you know, I think people don't realize that the regular tampons they use bleach to bleach them, um, and that can have a lot of different toxins in them. Um, they use pesticides in the cotton as well. That when you're you know inserting that, you're absorbing that through all these you know mucus membranes. So you're just kind of mainlining, uh, these pesticides and things that can be in the cottons and they have perfume in them. That's not helping making you more mm-hmm. fresh. Like I'm
1: sorry. It's not.
0: Yeah. So just, no, it's just, it's a train wreck down there. <laughs> you know, it's what you you know, and it's just fine. It's just that the iron, the iron is kind of makes it kind of give, gives you kind of like an odor. Uh, and that, and it's fine. It's just part of the whole process. So the, the using perfumed or scented tampons is it, just not helping. It's just adding another estrogenic chemical to your sensitive reproductive areas and say so over time, I think, you know, heavy metals and toxins, they kind of, well, they get in your body and they kind of can sink down and they can kind of accumulate in and around your reproductive organs. So you, you just don't want to do things that are kind of adding to your toxic load down there. So just avoid the toxic tampons. And there's a lot of uh, natural brands out there now that you can use as far as pads and tampons.
1: And there is so many menstrual products on the market today compared to what there was 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. So we are very, very privileged and very fortunate for that. So Dr. Myers, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your beautiful wisdom on heavy metals. I have lots of reflection and little things that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit more of that or I'm going to relook at this stuff. So I know that, you know, there's always room everyone can improve. So thank you so much for sharing all of your great guidance and wisdom today.
0: Yes. Thank you. And if anyone wants to learn more about like maybe their toxic body burden of chemicals and metals, I have a quiz that you can take. It's called heavy heavy metals So you can go there and take that and you can get like a free video series that answers a lot of frequently asked questions that people have about detoxification, heavy metals testing and things like that.
1: So heavy metals fantastic i'll pop that in the show notes i'm actually going to go do that today okay. thank you so much i'm very excited um i've learnt so much i know everyone who's listening has as well so thank you for being here and sharing everything and thanks so much for having me